Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Good morning. Thank you. Welcome to 2024. Brittany, Lord, could you stand up, please? Kobe, could you stand up? These two have made a commitment to one another and they're going to get married. Let's congratulate them. Congratulations. That's gonna be exciting. It was a different way of announcing it, but that's all good. So when you see them later, congratulate them. Uh, I'm not sure when they're getting married, but sooner or later. So that's what engagements are all about. Uh, This is the first of our Summer Sundays. I'm just gonna um, share a brief message this morning. I do wanna say um, some of what I talk about may be sensitive to you because you're more prone to it than somebody else. But the, the goal here is to help you. The goal is to, is to help you move forward in an area that might be challenging for you. But um, I don't know about you, but this world is full of drama, isn't it? Just this morning, I quickly checked on my phone and you know, I get a, a news feed and it said something like, Ange Postacoglu goes through 78 minutes of torture. And I'm thinking, oh no, what's gone wrong? You know, his team was, who, who knows who Ange Postacoglu is? How many people have been following what he's been doing in the UK? It's so great to see an Australian upsetting all the pommies, isn't it? <laughs> but, but as it turns out, so the headline was, you know, 78 minutes of torture and I'm thinking, what, what did he lose? It's really annoying when you get a headline. It doesn't tell you what the outcome is, it just teases you so that you'll click on it. And, and so of course I found out that his team actually won, which is good, I didn't care about the 78 minutes of torture. But the reality is the way the media works is it keeps creating headlines in the hope that you'll click on it and then get more information later. We've got one headline, you know, on Thursday I think it was, I, I was online, I wanted to check the cricket scores and we won again, which was great. But the headline was, I think we're gonna be able to get that up, Scott. The headline was this, Australian share market slumps, tracking Wall Street losses. I thought, oh no, I'm gonna have to work for another 20 years. My superannuation's gone down. And then I read the details. It fell by 29 points, it's actually meaning, or 0.39 of a percent. How many of you, if you had $100 in your pocket, would worry about losing 39 cents? It's it's irrelevant. It it was like typical media just beating something up, making out like we've got a stock market crash when when all all it was was this minute little amount that it had dropped. And the reality is we live in a world that's filled with drama. There's always something going on somehow. Uh, The Japanese air crash, and sadly five people died, but the headlines were all catastrophic, you know. It's like the whole world's changed and, and the reality was five people died. And now, I'm not saying that's not sad, but the way the media beat it up made out like, this was terrible, this is awful, la 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 la. Sadly, five people did lose their life, but the 300 and whatever other people on the main airline, on the, on the large plane, didn't die. You know, the, 
the stories about what's happening in, in the Ukraine, the stories about what's happening in, in Israel and Palestine. The media keep coming up with headlines all in an attempt to keep your eyes on what it is that they're doing. But sadly, the majority of the time, they're bad news stories. And those bad news stories, whether you like it or not, have an impact on you emotionally. It's like you feel happy or sad. Feel happy that uh, something good happens or you feel sad that something bad is happening. Too many people don't actually click on the story and they just get the sad headline. And it affects you emotionally as you go through your week. You've, you think, oh no. For those of you who have retired, you see the, sh the share market slumped, you're thinking, oh no, we've lost more money. How are we ever gonna get it back? The cost of living crisis that people are all experiencing, it affects you emotionally. The interest rate rises and the talk of interest rate rises. And, and, and a lot of it is just talk. I remember one time I was meeting with some bankers um, in, my, in my national role and, and they were talking about the need to fix loans and all sorts of stuff like that. And there was two or three economists and, and, and they said all this stuff. And then in, in the end, I was at a meeting at the airport. I said to them, so this is all information you've got, but it doesn't prove anything one way or the other. You're telling me we should you know, pay more interest and fix our rates at a certain point. And I said, well, I disagree. I don't think we should. As a matter of fact, you know, and, and, and I calculated, went through it. And after all that, they said, well, yeah, you're right. It could go up or it could go down. Probably this is all just information. We can't guarantee one way or the other. And as it turned out, they wanted us to fix and interest rates were dropping at that time. And they kept dropping. So had we fixed, they would have made a lot more money out of us than they needed to. But the goal is this. The goal that the, the media has is to affect you in a way that will have you continuing to look at to, to look at their source or their, or their product, and it affects you. Now, on top of that, every single one of us has families. Uh, there's relational issues in families, relational issues with friends. There's your personal finances that are affected, uh, that affect you one way or the other. There's illness or sickness, and you know, just on the way here this morning, we heard that there's another COVID rise and there's 380 people in hospital, again, another headline. And what happens is all of this weighs on some of us more than others. And the Bible actually speaks about it. As a matter of fact, Jesus spoke about it. There's this one word that I wanna address this morning and it's simply this, worry. Now today, here in this congregation, Given exactly the same circumstances, some of you will worry more than others. And it's like some are more predisposed to worry than others are. But the reality is this, worry affects us all to some degree or another. And the Bible actually speaks to it. Now I wanna to read to you from Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It says, therefore I tell you, Jesus speaking, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? I actually prefer bodies with clothes on them. <laughs> Just wanna make that point, you know. <laughs> Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, 
add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? Has a theme here. See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labour or spin, yet I tell you not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow's thrown in the fire. Will he not much more clothe you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble enough of its own. Worry, worry is not productive. Some people think that somehow because they worry, it makes a difference. It makes no difference whatsoever. It, 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 it plagues some people to the point where, where they become distressed, where they become concerned, where they become... Anxious. And I'm not addressing a medical condition today. I'm talking just about normal, standard, everyday worry. The sort of thing like, uh, you know, you're worried about, you know, whether or not someone's going to get better or whether they're sick or worry about, you know, what's going to happen with the weather this week. And it plagues people. It robs them of their focus. It robs them of life. And Jesus in saying all of that he said in this passage is trying to get people to understand there is something more important than worry and it's trust in God. You know, when we trust God to handle whatever it is that concerns us, we find freedom and peace. I've got a, a saying that I think should come up and it's simply this, let panic trigger prayer that produces peace. So whether you are predisposed to worry or not, you can use it as a tool to increase your dependency upon God and take you to a place of peace. Some of you will say, it's just not fair. I, I feel like I was born a worrier. And some of you, I don't know how it all works DNA-wise or whatever, whether it's hereditary or not, but there are some people predisposed and, and feel guilty about their worry or they panic about their worry. But what I'm saying today is if you are one of those who is more predisposed to, to worry, then use it as a trigger to pray. Use it as a tool that will bring you to a place of freedom rather than, a, than to a place of concern or anxiety or distress or disappointment. A little further on in, um, in Philippians is probably one of my more favourite passages of Scripture, or my paraphrase is anyway, Philippians 4, 6-7. And I, I like the first sentence in particular from the New Living Translation. It says this, don't worry about anything. Paul, when he's writing this, is making it really clear what our position should be. Don't worry about anything. It doesn't mean you don't care. Just because you don't worry doesn't mean you don't care, but there is an obligation or there is an imperative. There's a, a command or a direction that follows on from what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Don't worry about anything. Put it aside. Try, don't be distressed by it. If there's something that needs to be done, of course, do it, but don't let worry rob you of your sense of peace. He goes on, he says this. 
Instead, pray about everything. In other words, the exact thing I said, let panic or worry trigger prayer, right? In other words, place your trust in God to handle the circumstance. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The message this morning is really, really simple. You could sum it up in the, in the sentence of that first passage. Don't worry about anything. My question to you is, what, what is it about your circumstance that triggers discomfort or disturbance? What is it that has you awake late at night? What is it that has you somehow thinking that by running it over and over and over in your mind, it's gonna make a difference? You see, worry is actually addictive. Once you start doing it, you keep doing it, and it's a habit that needs to be broken. It's not a, it's not a simple process to break. It's a, it's a complex and disciplined process that will, will somehow bring about the change. And that's why I'm saying if we let panic trigger prayer, we begin the process of breaking the habit of worry. Do you want to be free? Do you want to, be experience, do you want to experience peace? Let uh, panic trigger prayer and it will make a significant difference. I could be a little coarser and a little more offensive, but hopefully you'll use it as a trigger. You know, worry is the result of a lack of faith. I know people don't like hearing that because it's a criticism. But if you follow what Paul said there in Philippians, says, don't worry, pray. Most people spend all their time worrying rather than praying. If there's something of legitimate concern, pray about it. Don't worry about it, pray about it. And, and, and allow yourself to move to a place of peace. In the New International Version, it says this, do, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's nothing worse than seeing someone plagued with worry and wanting to see them break through, but knowing you can't do anything to help them apart from encourage them. Worry is a personal choice. It's something you choose to keep doing or it's something you choose to get rid of. It's not something somebody else can do for you. It, 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 and, you, you know, peace, which is on the other side of worry, is the portion that Christ come to give to all of us. If only we'd be willing to accept in the Message Bible, it goes like this. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life. Let panic trigger prayer that produces peace. You know, it's interesting at Christmas time, we all talk about peace as if it's something that's just translated. You, you actually have to work for peace. 
Jesus earlier on, you know, in Matthew chapter five, spoke about peacemakers. Peace doesn't come naturally. It's something you have to fight for. It's something you have to work towards. And if you want to get, uh, get to a place of peace and, and move away from worry, you're going to have to work for it. But start the process now. Do you know, sadly, people who worry in their 20s and 30s, unless they address it by the time they're in the 60s, 70s and 80s, it, it will destroy them. It destroys peace when there's no need for it to destroy peace because worry is unproductive and it's addictive. It goes on. Um, let me read just that last passage. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the centre of your life, if the musos would like to come. So my word to you is simple today. It's simply this. Let panic trigger prayer that produces peace. And the question I want to ask you this morning is, what is it you're worried about? Don't rationalise it away, but use it as a trigger to pray. Put your trust in God in that circumstance and allow His peace to overwhelm you and take you to a place of pleasure rather than panic. We stand together with me. I want to simply pray. Bible also says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed or free completely. Worry is a prison. And that's not God's plan for you to live in a prison of worry. It's God's plan for you to live in a place of peace and comfort and freedom. Father, today as we stand together in this place, we thank you for all that you've done in sending Christ to us and for the life that we are now afforded because of the sacrifice that was made for us. We know not only do we have salvation from our sin, we have a promise of eternal life. We also have a promise of a life here and now that is centred or encircles our trust in You. My prayer today is that, Father, by Your Holy Spirit, You would allow us to grow in faith, to eschew worry, to push it away so that we might find the freedom that has been granted to us. Lord, where there are chronic warriors in our midst today, I pray for them that You would give them the strength they need to overcome worry so they can sleep and rest and find freedom. For others for whom worry might not be quite a concern, I pray that in the same way when there are things that irritate us, things that aggravate us, things that are brought to our mind that are of concern to us, that Father, we'd be triggered to go towards prayer, that that prayer and our confidence in You would bring peace in our life and our circumstances. Father, I pray Your blessing on everyone who's standing here this day. Touch them in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.